And I've always found this section of the scripture, this passage is uh, really encouraging to me. It's motivating. It's challenging. It's what I, I often need to hear and to think, am I oriented right? Am I focused right upon God and upon Christ? And am I taking full part of the blessings of which he gives to me? All the gr- wonderful things that Christ has promised. And I want that. And this is a beautiful thing. This is a picture that, this morning that we see of how to live the Christian life and how to be a disciple and a follower of Christ, to be a student of Him. And it's this amazing command here from Christ to take up one's cross and follow Him. And Jesus gives that instruction before He has taken up His cross, literally. And it makes you wonder what they're hearing and what the disciples around Him are hearing. So we're going to read about that. We're going to draw from, from that. Am I following Christ like I should? You ever ask yourself that question? I do. I, I think, God, am I focused? Am I doing what I need to do? Am I praying like I should? Am I, uh, am I treating others like I should? Am I blessing those who curse me? Am I loving my neighbor? Am I, am I loving my enemy? Uh, am I worshiping? Am I focused when I'm in the assembly? Am I singing? And when I, the words that I sing, do I mean them? Those are things that are so important as we examine our lives and look at what we're doing. And so these words here from Christ are very important. And some might say to take up the cross. What does that mean? What does that mean to, to, to bear the cross? And so when we think about that, we might be thinking about what Christ did as He bore the cross. And as we have depicted vividly in the songs that we sang this morning, we think about Jesus taking the cross and bearing it as far as He could and until He was then nailed to the cross where He hung for six hours on our behalf and He died upon that cross. And so with Jesus giving this instruction to those around him and to his disciples and saying, if you're going to follow me, you need to take up the cross. We want to think about this a little bit more in detail. Have your Bible. Let's go to Mark chapter 8. We're going to read verses 34 through 38 and make some observations there. I encourage you to make your own. I'm going to give you my list of things that I see here in the text. Um, I like doing this. It's the way that I study Sometimes when I read, if, if I read too fast, I'll gloss right over the text. But if I sit right there and I think about the details, the verbs, what's being said here, and connecting things together, and I pay more attention to the text, it, something very simple becomes something very deep and more meaningful and useful to me. So I encourage you to study your Bible in that way. Uh, I see that throughout um, the New Testament, that type of study. All right, so Mark chapter 8, and starting in verse 34 to the end of the chapter to verse 38. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples. All right, so Jesus is speaking to the crowds, to the multitudes who gather to him. And he says to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So we'll just pause for a minute. What Christ is saying to the crowds, to the multitudes, if you're going to follow me. These crowds will come from anywhere just to follow and come out to see Christ. But he's saying, if you're going to follow after me, it takes a denial of self and the taking up the cross. Let's keep reading here, verse 35. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and to forfeit his soul? For what would a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father 
and with the holy angels. I don't want to be ashamed of Christ, and I definitely don't want Him to be ashamed of me. And so there's a lot of convicting words right here. And, and of all the things that I read in the New Testament and from the words of Christ, these are, this, in my thinking, is the hardest to take in, to act it out, and to make it a part of your faith. But it's also a part of being a Christian. Um, when you're baptized, you're dying to your old self. You're doing what Jesus is saying to do right here. You're dying to the old self and you're burying that old person because you're rising up from that as out of a grave as a new person to begin a, a new life. So we're going to talk about, think about this a bit further. If you have your bulletin, you can go through, fill in the blank. There's a place for notes there too. Um, and we'll look at, and here's just some observations I have from this. So Jesus revealed that those who follow Him must do what? They must deny themselves. And how would you do that? How do you deny yourself? Well, I'm coming second, and what the Bible has always taught us is that we are to love others when they, even when they curse us and they do wrong to us. We do good to them. We deny ourselves. And by not denying ourselves, well, what does it take to do that? What does it take to deny my own self? What well, means I've got to put faith in God. I've got to trust in Him that whatever happens bad, that God is going to make it for good. Anyone who does evil toward me, that He's in control. Whatever calamities and difficult times come, I'm willing to follow Him wherever He goes. And wherever He leads me, I must deny self. And we see this description here as well. De denying oneself means to take up one's cross. It's a picture of death to self. It's a death to self. And as I've already mentioned, it's a picture of baptism and repentance and, re and baptism and the new life that we see in Romans 6 and Colossians 2 and elsewhere in the New Testament. So it's a death to self. I've got to die to myself to follow Christ. And you know, a lot of people are, might be reading these, and they read these passages, and they read through the Scriptures, and, oh, Christ, you ask too much. I remember in John chapter 6 where Jesus said, you can't have eternal life unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. And His disciples and respondents said, this is a, this is a hard thing to, to listen to. It even says there in John 6 that some of them that were following Him stopped following Him because of that. And so here when we're in Mark 8, we've got another similar circumstance where, where Christ is given instruction that someone would take it and hear it and find it to be very difficult. But with it comes so many great blessings, and we're going to see that as well. All right, so the attempts of a, of a rebellious, he says, a sinful and adulterous generation to save themselves. They're going to, you know, this generation who tries to save themselves, it says here in the text, as you try to save yourself, you're going to lose your life. You can't save your own self. You can't preserve your own self. You're going to die. You're going to come to the judgment of God. You've got to be right with Christ. You've got to follow Him. And he says here that the one uh, who attempts in the, to save themselves, they're going to lose everything. Those who try to gain the whole world, the, the ultimate consequence is that they're going to lose their lives. They're going to lose their souls. Sometimes the word soul is translated, it's uh, the Greek word for life. And it means the inner life within you. And so he says, you're going to lose that if you try to save yourself. And there's, he says here, there's clearly nothing a person that can do or give in exchange to keep one's, to, to losing one's own life. The only thing you can do is this, is to give one's life to Christ. Just as Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. There's no other way but through Christ and through His instruction here. And that is, to take up one's cross, to deny this yourself, and to follow Jesus. He says here, and he gives a description of this rebellious generation as adulterous. 
And sometimes this is used in the prophets for a group of people who have turned against God, who are rebellious and hard-hearted against Him. And so it's another description of that, the nature of sinfulness toward God. It's a rebellion against Him. And Jesus describes that generation. He says that the generation will reject Him. And, and what is this rejection? Well, when you're saying, I'm going to do it my way, where I'm not going to take up the cross, I'm not going to deny um, myself, and I'm going to try to save myself, and Christ warns you're going to lose your life in that, what you're doing, the ultimate says, is, is, is that you're ashamed of His words, that you're rejecting Him. You're rejecting Jesus when you do that, and you're rejecting His words. Uh, there's no other way around it. it. It requires an ultimate cost. So the ultimate cost for denying Christ is that Christ will be ashamed of them. And He'll be so when He comes in, his glory, in the glory of His Father and when He comes to the holy angels. In other words, when Christ comes to get again in that final day of judgment, if I've said, I'm not going to deny myself, I'm not going to take up the cross, I'm not going to follow Christ, then I will be lost. And this is all for our better good. This is a part of life. Anybody who's ever accomplished anything, and people who, um, who are not Christians know this, that there takes times in their life when they have to make sacrifices, when they have to give things up, when they have to focus on one thing, go to school, go to training, or something like that, to do something with their life. And that's just a small picture and a small um, metaphor to what we all do. We have to take up the cross of Christ. And this is for the ultimate value of, of Christ. He wants to save us. This is why He came. So how can Jesus ask so much of us? I think some people read this passage and say, that's too much. It's too much. The cost is too great. I can't do this. And many people come up with different excuses that go along that line. But your personal cost of following Christ, the more that you realize what Jesus gives you in return, the cost of giving up your life shrinks. And it becomes exponentially less. When you think about, Christ gives me everlasting life. Christ gives me an eternal home. He promised me those things. He promises me the resurrection of the dead. He promises me that those who are faithful will, will be with Him and have the comforts and blessings. He promises me that whatever I go through in this life, that He works all things for good, that are a blessing for me. And so, there is really no other way to live. It's to accept that life comes with struggles and hardship and that I have a responsibility to my Creator and to my Savior and to the One who's died for me to follow Him and to think of those wonderful blessings and the wealth that is given to us in Christ. And so taking up the cross sounds like a great, a, a great thing, but when in the full picture of it, it's a wonderful thing. And the blessings of it are completely worth it. I think about other passages like here later on in Mark chapter 10, verses 21 and 23. And we had the rich young man. You remember this? He comes to Jesus and he says, hey, good teacher. And, and Jesus says, why do you call me good? No one's good but God. Remember that in Mark chapter 10? And uh, he, he asks, what do I need to do to have eternal life? And Jesus says, have you kept the commandments? And we get his response here. He says, and he said to him, the, the rich young man says to Jesus, Teacher, all these things, the Ten Commandments, I've kept from my youth. I've kept them. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have, and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow 
me. Here you have the picture of what it means to take up one's cross and to follow Christ. It would be a willingness to give up everything to follow Him. And in this circumstance, you have a man who's very faithful, a man whom would, of which uh, Christ loves him. But when Jesus asks him the ultimate thing, I want you to take everything that you've been given and sell it and give it to the poor. And I want you to come follow me. So you can become one of the, part of the disciples. You can have this training. You can be a part of that body that follows Jesus around. And you know, maybe it's just hindsight for me, but if I were in that situation, I'd be like, yeah, I'll sell everything right now to follow you. I want to be a part of that circle. When I look at Jesus' group and those, not just the 12 around him, it says there are women that are part of the group, and then there's ultimately 70 that Jesus sends out. There's a, a large body of those who are following around with Christ. I, and I think, I, want, I would love to be a part of that. I would want to be a part of that group. Now, I'm saying that after you know, so many years of my life as a Christian, studying and reading the Scriptures. But I imagine here, this, for him, it was too much. He says, this cost is too much. And what does the rich man say? It says he was disheartened. He was disheartened. Had said, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. He wasn't willing to give it up. He wasn't willing to give the cost of it. And Jesus expands on this. And he looks around them to his disciples and he says this, How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And in every one of us, we have some wealth. We might have something in our life that we keep holding on to and say, well, I would follow Christ, but I've still got this. I mean, I've got time. Maybe I've got to work this out. I've got things ahead of me. I've got my life ahead of me. All these different excuses that come up. And, he, and Jesus says, how difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And disciples were amazed at this. You know, the thinking was back then, if you had wealth, then God must have blessed you. You must have done things, you must have done things right. And so when this, this young man reacts in this way, he's not willing to sell and these things and follow Christ. He's holding on to that wealth. And disciples, again, are amazed at this afterwards. And Jesus says to them, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now Jesus goes on and says all things are possible with God. There is a way to be saved, but again, it means letting go of those things and following Christ with all of your heart, being willing to make that sacrifice because it's ultimately going to be the best life. It's going to be the life that you need to live. And all, those of us who have made great sacrifices to follow Christ, who have given things up and, and following Him, and if you've ever been baptized, you know at least in part of what it's like to repent, turn, turn away from the sins of the world, and to follow Jesus. It's worth it. It's worth every bit of it. And some of us need to realign and refocus and say, okay, am I taking up the cross daily? Am I following Jesus? Am I a disciple of Him? Does my life reflect Him? The difficulty, again, is take, of taking up the cross is that great sacrifice. And it takes us giving up those things around us. No longer trying to save ourselves, but giving ourselves over to Christ. And there's some excuses that come to mind. I think about this. You know, someone might say, I just can't do it. I'm not able. Well, the fact that Christ commands you to do it means you are able and you can do it. He says, take up your cross, because you can He'll give you the strength, the ability, and you, you already have it, or He wouldn't be, have given that command and instruction to you. He, and He says here, it's, you know, someone would say, it's, oh, it's too much for me. And I think about this in Mark chapter 2. I think about who Christ called. As Jesus went out and He called fishermen to follow Him, and He called others. And when the 
the Pharisees confront him. And they say, look at him. He eats with sinners. He eats with tax collectors. And Jesus heard it and he says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. And I think about that. It's those who are all about their self, who are self-righteous. They're the ones that are not willing to give up. And I often hear people talk about churches and say, those people in the churches, they're hypocrites or they're self-righteous. And I think that's, there's an irony to that. And there might, there's some truth to that, that there are a lot of people who are like that. But there's an irony of that because now you're saying, I'm no, I don't need to have any part of the of church or everything that Jesus is teaching or any part of God. And they continue to back away from him. And who are they justifying or who are they claiming to be righteous now? They're now claiming themselves to be righteous. It, it's, a, it's, it's a hypocritical stance now to say that, um, you know, those people are self-righteous, but I'm not. Here what we have here in Christ is Jesus says, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. And someone says, you don't know, I've got sins. I've got too many of them, and they're too great. And so that's another excuse that many say, I can't take up the cross, you don't know. If you knew my past, and you knew the things that I've done, and yet is Jesus the one, He's the one that calls sinners, and He calls us to repentance, to change, the change of mind, the change of heart, to, be, to follow after Him, because we can. And so those excuses don't align. That's the very reason He calls you. We need to set those things aside. Someone might say, well, maybe later. I've got all my life in front of me. I've got all these plans. I've got my own goals. I've got all these things. And once I accomplish those, then I'll focus more on Jesus. Then I'll give Him more of my time. And those kind of excuses that are made up, we see these things in, in, in the Scriptures and uh, the parables that Jesus has told about uh, the rich man who, you know, said, I'm going to live a... He, he, he had a great wealth and he built barns and he said, I'm going to be fine. And the Lord says, no, today your soul is required of you because he, he didn't put God first. He put his wealth first. He put building up everything else first. You know, some people say, I'm too busy. I'm too busy with caring for everything, for my friends, for my family, for others around me. I just don't have time for God. I don't have time for the Scriptures and prayer and so forth. It sounds to me like you're already doing a lot of good. Keep doing more good and follow and give glory to God and Christ. Follow Him completely. I think about this passage here in Matthew 10, verse 37 and 39. Now, some people allow their family or allow uh, those, those friends around them to pull them away from Jesus. Jesus taught, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves daughter more than me, and who loves son or daughter more than me, is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I want to take up the cross every day. I know the words of Christ are true. And I want to be worthy of him. And I know what I need to do. I need to give my life completely to him. These things, this reality that's, that's being taught and revealed right here, should set our minds and our focus right upon God. Being a Christian does mean sacrifice, but it's a great gain. More than I can express in words. We think about these things that we haven't had to give up before. What have you given up for Christ? And some of us have said, I've had to give up a, a job before. I've given up things before. I've given up the, play, the friends. I've given up um, associations. 
I've had to move on from family who are pulling me away from Him. I've had to change from school or give up on uh, these things as far as my education and my own goals and everything that I set for myself. And then sometimes people are not even, more, not even convicted enough to give up a vacation for Christ. Well, I need to take time off. I need time away. It's more important to me. It, it, seems, it seems kind of silly in the scope of it all. But we, we look at it and we see the blessings that come from Christ. And we know that it's worth it to take up the cross daily to follow Him. I think about these words here in Mark 10, verse 29 to 31. Um, as Jesus continues on this teaching that we've been reading, He says this, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sister or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold in this time. Of course, he's talking about those who are enduring persecution and they, they may have to escape from that and there's things that are being left behind. That they're willing to escape from temptation and there's things that have to be left behind. He says, who receive a hundredfold now in this time. Notice that. The blessing and the cost to taking up the cross, the blessing of it and what you receive in return is that God blesses you now. He says they will receive what? Houses and brothers, sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions in the age to come and in, and in the age to come, eternal life. There are blessings now and blessings in eternal life. But many who are first will be last and last first. It takes us a, a position of humility when we come to taking up the cross. And now, let's say, okay, I'm willing to put away those excuses. I'm willing to give my whole life in following Christ. And He'll save me. But what does it mean? What does it mean to take up the cross? I think that's a very important question. I think we forget it. And we just go back to those words and listen to what Jesus says. Taking up the cross means this. It means to deny yourself. It means to live a selfless life. It means to live a life in pursuit of Christ and of one's own wants. To follow Christ means to listen, to trust, and to obey His teachings. To listen to His words. To, you, you're, you become devoted to the Apostles' doctrine. You're devoted to the Word of God. That's what it means to take up the cross. To take up the cross means that you lose your life to live for Christ and to live for the Gospel. That's what it means to take up the cross. And it's worth it. It is to not, to take up the cross is to not be ashamed of Jesus. And not be ashamed of His words. And that really, it comes down to a really convicting statement right there. Why is it that I'm not willing to make this sacrifice, to give up these things to follow Christ? Because I'm ashamed. So to lose one's life is to say to Christ, I'm not ashamed of you. And I'm not ashamed of your teachings and of your words. And you're willing to openly live by the words of Christ before everyone. You're not going to hide it. You're not going to hide your Bible. You're not going to hide yourself when you're in, um, in prayer all the time. I know Christ is praying in the inner room. But you don't, and we don't want to pray as Pharisees on the street corner. But at the same time, I don't want to hide my faith. I want to be a light, as Christ says in Matthew chapter 5. I want to be a light to the world. I want to follow His example. And that means taking up the cross and not being ashamed of who He is. Are you ashamed of Jesus' command to take up the cross and follow Him? Think about that this morning. That's my challenge to you. 
I wanted to keep it simple this morning. We usually have friends, family, guests, and visitors in the day in which we have a congregational meal. And I thought, today, I just want to focus on the very heart of what it means to be a Christian, to be a disciple. And this is what it is. It is to take up the cross. It's to die to the old self, to be buried in the waters of baptism, and to rise in a new life. It's worth it. I encourage you, I encourage all of us that we remember that we need to acknowledge Christ. If we don't acknowledge Jesus, if we don't confess Him before others, what does the Scripture say? Well, Jesus says, first of all, if you confess me and acknowledge me, I will acknowledge you before my Father is in heaven. I will acknowledge you before the angels. I will confess you if you confess me before others. But if we're not willing to talk about Christ, to talk about our faith, to talk about the cost of it, then what are we doing? There's no more acknowledgement there, and we won't have the acknowledgement and the confession of Christ on the day of judgment. Because the passage right after this, you go to Matthew 10 and verse 33, and he says that those who don't acknowledge me and don't confess me before others, I will not confess before my Father who is in heaven. It comes down to that. I want Christ to confess me because I confess him. Jesus stated this in Mark chapter 4, 23-25. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. I want to encourage you this morning to pay attention and to hear what Christ's command, that, that, his instruction on taking up the cross in Mark 8. And Jesus said to them, Pay attention to what you hear, but what measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. What is Jesus saying? He says, If you hear the things I'm saying, and you use them, you're going to get more. You're going to continue to be blessed. The more that Christ gives us, the more instruction, the more direction He gives in our life, the more blessings He gives us, the more that we follow Him. And it continues to increase. But if we reject that, we reject that measure that He has given us, then it declines. And we will not have and not receive any more. Do not turn up, turn down the opportunity today. The decision to make that I'm going to follow Christ, that I'm going to take up the cross, that I'm going to deny myself, and it's worth everything to follow Him. I encourage you this morning, if you haven't become a Christian, do so. Crucify the old self. Put the old self to death. Be buried in baptism. Rise in newness of life. you need prayers and encouragement, you can come forward and we'll pray with you. Or you can seek out someone among you in the congregation if you need prayers you know as a faithful Christian and get them to encourage you and to read with them and study with them and allow them to help you. We encourage you right now. Let's sing together.